Have you signed up for the Phantom History newsletter? You can do so at phantomhistory.com, where you can also sign up to become a Patreon supporter and support the podcast and its future episodes showcasing historic and haunted locations. Enjoy the episode. Bob Langford swears the cups were rearranged into a different pattern. During a tour of the historic and under-renovation Hacienda Hotel in Newport Ritchie, Florida, a local official decided to test the theory of the building's haunted past. To do so, the official placed several cups upside down on the floor in a specific pattern in a former subterranean storage room and then closed the door behind the group as they all left. According to Bob, a local historian who led the officials and others in that group tour, they all returned to that same room the next day, only to find the cups rearranged into a new pattern. At the time, the building was still being renovated and there was no air conditioning or airflow of any kind in the room, and no accounts of anyone accessing the building overnight. I don't know how it happened, Bob said. I didn't understand it, but I couldn't explain it either. Did a member of the construction crew play a joke on the officials? Or could it be that the guests or employees of the hotel's past welcomed the building back to life? I'm Steve Blanchard. Welcome to Phantom History. In 1927, the community of Newport Ritchie on Florida's Gulf Coast welcomed the opening of the Hacienda Hotel, a new upscale pink building that became the home to vacationing movie stars, Broadway performers, sports icons, and other celebrities. In fact, the Hacienda is credited with bringing other community improvements to the once small community and even managed to thrive throughout the Great Depression. It was a place of fun and a space where memories were made, according to Dylan Gomez, the marketing and public relations manager for the new Hacienda Hotel, which just reopened its doors to the public in September 2022. It originally opened in 1927, um, and it was created because a lot of celebrities from Broadway and from the East Coast started spending their winters down in Florida, and they really fell in love with the area being on the river. And so they built the hotel. Um, Thomas Meehan, who was a big star of silent movies at the time, he was one of the main contributors and also built a theater in town as well to show the movies. So you started getting a whole bunch of celebrities down there. Um, you know, Johnny Cash and June Carter had a house, Shirley Temple's family. Uh, so it's just, there's a lot of really interesting Hollywood 20s and 30s history associated with the Hacienda. Not all of that history was recorded, at least not officially. The small hotel managed to thrive through the Depression and through the Prohibition era through some carefully engineered construction, according to Dylan. So there's basically two and a half. Um, so we have the first floor, which has about, I'd say, seven or eight rooms. And then the floor that used to be the bordello has only three rooms. And then the top floor has our most room. So that remaining probably, you know, 15, 20. Um, and most everything's elevator accessible except those three rooms. Because again, just the way it was designed, they didn't want people going there. <laughs> so it's just, you know, that's, that's something interesting. But I, I definitely can see families or friends renting out 
just those three rooms and having that to themselves for a weekend. The unique structure of the building made it a popular destination during Prohibition, and the hidden floor worked as a speakeasy of sorts, allowing locals to enjoy alcohol, gambling, and other so-called sordid entertainment of the day. Tunnels under the building may have also contributed to those prohibited pastimes. Very interestingly, in the basement, uh, Florida basement, it's kind of like a half basement, you know, but uh, there used to be a tunnel that actually ran from the quote unquote basement to the Cody River. And they used that for bootlegging and then allegedly smuggling in, well, again, women, uh, but apparently also some of the celebrities who didn't want to be spotted by the public as they were entering the hotel. So over the years, uh, a lot of things happened where people were going in there and people probably got hurt. So it collapsed and then it was condemned and sealed on both ends. So who knows? I mean, that's that opens up a whole nother interesting level to, you know, what that could have been used for. And unfortunately, because the building was unoccupied for so long, there might have been some really neat things that we could have found and documented. But, you know, probably taken through the years. According to Bob Langford, president of the Friends of the Hacienda, a 501c3 organization tasked with saving the iconic structure, that tunnel and the space to which it connects is the site of some unique paranormal experiences. In particular, he recalls touring the basement with some local officials early on in the renovation of the hotel. One of the rooms in the basement where they kept uh, what I think might have been the the food or a lot of the dry goods and um our economic development director for the city would place uh, paper cups upside down in this one room and we would all leave the hotel and the next day when we would all come back the cups were arranged differently now i don't know how that happens there wasn't any wind in there there wasn't any people in there or anything like that. And that happened several times. And so that was my firsthand experience with something going on that I didn't understand, but I found interesting. Bob isn't the only person involved with the renovations of the Hacienda who encountered strange activity. In fact, construction workers regularly shared stories of strange sounds and other occurrences throughout the renovation process. One story in particular stands out to Bob. I come in there one morning and he was white. I mean, just white. And he said, you will not believe, and he was not a believer in ghosts at all. He said, you won't believe what happened to me this morning. I'm like, tell me about it. And he's like walking up on the second floor along and he says, now I'm hearing this, these footsteps. And I look around and he goes, there's not anybody there. And then he would walk a little further and he would hear these noises and he would look all around and he, he knew he was the only one in the building too. There wasn't anybody else in there. And so all of a sudden he started becoming a believer Dylan was also told by a number of contractors and construction workers that something was off about the Hacienda Hotel. 
one of the things that I love is we we've heard stories, you know, the a lot of the crew likes to joke around, you know, people are walking by, they might poke their head out or something. And uh, but they have told me they've had their tools moved around. Um, they've had they've heard kids laughing. They've heard um, phantom music uh, of like the 20s and 30s. So they have experienced some stuff, but none of them have run away screaming. So I guess that's a good sign. It could be possible that the hauntings of the Hacienda Hotel are the result of residual energy. It was, after all, a place of fun and friendship for nearly 50 years before it finally closed its doors. As part of the fundraising efforts to save the hotel, Bob and his fellow members of Friends of the Hacienda organization would conduct tours of the building. The tours were incredibly popular and attracted a fair number of paranormal investigators who wanted to determine just how haunted the old building was. Bob admits he doesn't fully understand how those investigations work, but he saw enough evidence on those tours to convince him that something is still present in the building. A lot of the people that came into the the tours seemed to witness things that were going on you know, sometimes away from us, sometimes along with us. And uh, and lots of people took photographs, lots of people. And in some of the photographs that some of the people took, there were these orbs and stuff like that that would show up in their photographs and nobody could figure out how, because you know, as light comes in wrong, maybe on a photograph, it'll affect it one way. But that wasn't the case. It couldn't have been the case because that light wasn't there to come in. And so they, and you can clearly see some of the orbs when the people show you their picture. A, a lot of people claim to feel things and uh, even see things. And some people were frightened to go in certain places there. And I will admit that there were a few places in the hotel did kind of give you the heebie-jeebies when you went in there. Dylan is convinced that spirits of the past still enjoy the Hacienda Hotel, especially now that it has been renovated and is reopened to the public. She says that the spirits there are not malevolent in any way and seem to be friendly and ready to welcome living guests into the restored building, which now looks very much like it did when it opened nearly 100 years ago. So me being me and being really into all of this stuff, I have had the opportunity to be in the building by myself and I've played, you know, or played like 1920s music and I'm sitting there waiting for something. Um, I've never felt anything but this immense sense of like both excitement and happiness because I think if anyone is still hanging around there, they're like, thank God somebody is fixing this place up, you know, because it was just left for decades. And, um, you know, later on the city and this great nonprofit friends of the Hacienda tried to, to get it put back together. Cause they were going to just knock it down. Um, and when, when that started happening, that's when people really started to say they were feeling more activity and activity. And I said, well, yeah, it makes sense. You know, they were wondering why did, why was this place forgotten? You know, so many good memories and so much history. Um, so my feeling is, you know, whatever spirits may be there would be thrilled to see it coming back to its glory day. 
According to Bob, who knows the history of Newport Ritchie and Pasco County, the hotel wasn't always a place for happiness. There were some tragedies there as well, which could contribute to the energy of the building. A fire destroyed part of the hotel early on in its history, but there were no reports of serious injuries or death. However, there is a tale of a suicide in the hotel's tower, which could be linked to the uncomfortable feelings many feel in room 313. Somebody had committed suicide in one of the rooms at one time, and there's a, there's there's stories that someone hung themselves in the tower. One person shot himself in one of the rooms. There is another haunted room, and I'm not sure why that uh, that room is so haunted. But um, one is uh, haunted to an outstanding point. That's room 313. It's not things that I've seen in that room. When we had the uh, gala, I put a couple of my real close friends in that room, and I told them, I said, you have the haunted room. Well, they were really excited. And so the next day I said, I asked them, how was it? They go, it was great. You know, I said, did you see anything? Anything happened? They said, well, uh, not anything that we could put our finger on, but it was, it was a different feeling in the room. While the Hacienda Hotel returns to its glory days with its new grand opening, Dylan and Bob are both hopeful that guests will continue to report strange occurrences and share any strange images caught on camera. There's a chance a spirit from the past, maybe one who's even recognizable as a hotel regular, could get caught in a photo. At least that's what Dylan hopes. Thomas Meehan, he was a huge star of silent movies. Ed Wynn, um, he was a really famous comedian back in the, in that time period. He actually did the ribbon cutting for that. Um, but he was featured on the Lucille Ball show and with Carol Burnett. So he worked, he was really uh, quite big at the time. Um, Johnny Cash and June Carter. Uh, June Carter's family owned a home right on the river there, so they spent a lot of time in the area. Gloria Swanson um, was rumored to stay at the Hacienda and own a house in Newport Ritchie. Uh, Charlie Chaplin. Um, there's quite a few names. Uh, and then, of course, there were people from New York City, writers and Broadway stars and uh, just kind of a melting pot of the entertainment and sports industry uh, because we also had um, Gene Sarazen who invented the sandwich. He also stayed there for several months while, while his home was built in Newport Ritchie. After the original Hacienda Hotel closed in the 1970s and the temporary home for those with dementia shuttered its doors not too long after, the hotel became an eyesore and a financial burden on the community. Many times, it looked like the hacienda would be lost or bulldozed for new construction. Bob is thankful for the hotel's owner, Jim Gunderson, who took the project seriously and restored the building to its former glory. Lots of people got tired of it sitting there, and some of the younger people never saw it open. But a lot of us older people that remember it when it was open remember the great parts to the Hacienda Hotel. I mean, it was a, a great place, uh, especially in the heyday. Even in the 60s, it was probably the major place to go and have events here in Newport Ritchie. 
many weddings, many uh, wedding showers, proms, uh, all types of things like that had uh, been going on at the Hacienda for, for years, really, since uh, it started out. Will the renaissance of the hotel continue to bring back the residual energy of its past? That could be exactly what has happened, according to Dylan. So much effort has been put into renovating the hacienda to look like it did originally in 1927 that the spirits who have sat there idly for the past 40-plus years may finally have a reason to make themselves known. So the atmosphere there, um, I would personally describe it's very classic, very much like stepping back into time. Uh, we actually have the original chandeliers from 1927 hanging in the lobby and the dining room. We got them refurbished. Uh, the fireplace has been completely restored from 1927. All of the room layouts, it was originally 40 rooms and it is again. Um, so there is, and all of the brick, everything, you know, structurally aside from the wood is original. Uh, so really he has focused the owner on making sure that it keeps that classic vibe to it. Doesn't want to seem like a chain hotel, doesn't want to seem like we're trying to be a theme, um, but just kind of embrace that time period and the, the classic elegance of what it was. Every time I go in there, I just I really do just feel this sense of like, all right, it's it's coming alive, maybe both literally and metaphorically. Thank you to Bob and Dylan for sharing their stories about the Hacienda Hotel and its history. To stay at the hotel and to learn more about that history, visit HaciendaHotelNPR.com. Music for this episode was provided by Silverman Sound, Purple Planet Music, Chad Crouch, and Daniel Birch. You can support Phantom History and gain access to bonus content by becoming a Patreon supporter and signing up for my newsletter at phantomhistory.com. You can also follow Phantom History on social media channels like Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter for continuous updates. And as always, thanks for listening.